Welcome into Words with Wallace. I'm your host, Nick Wallace. We made it to episode two. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, and we are back at you again to talk about All-Star Weekend. Uh, we almost did it, guys. We are one day away from the NBA returning, but uh, before we get there, we got to discuss All-Star Weekend. Um, and basically, how I, how I phrase it is to maximize All-Star Weekend. I've uh, seen a lot of talking heads and sports media figures out there discussing how to fix All-Star Weekend. Uh, to me, fix implies that something is broken. Uh, and frankly, I really enjoyed All-Star Weekend as a whole. Um, I think it was, it was mostly entertaining. Uh, maybe I'm a little biased rocking my Celtics shirt right here because my guy JT, Jason Tatum, scored 55 in the All-Star game. But uh, I think the product itself, you know, I think it gets the job done. Uh, something to keep in mind before I get too far into this is that it is designed for a younger audience. You know, think about how you would feel about these games and these events if you were maybe 12 to 15 years old, probably their target audience. Um, but I do think for what it's worth, All-Star Weekend is a solid product. But that doesn't mean I'm not going to spend about 35 minutes uh, going into detail on how we can improve it and, again, maximizing All-Star Weekend. So... Uh, let's kind of go through the, you know, just kind of go through it, uh, the rundown of the events. I'm not going to get into anything that takes place on Friday. Um, <laughs> the celebrity game is is kind of a monstrosity, um, the, especially with the coverage with it. I mean, it is a tough watch. I can't even tell you that I watched it this year, um, as well as, as as the rookie sophomore challenge there, whatever they want to call that now. Um, I want to really focus on the Saturday night events as well as the Sunday events. Kind of give my thoughts on how we can kind of make make each one a little bit better. Uh, and go from there. So definitely starting at the bottom here <laughs> with the skills challenge, man. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I think in general they just kind of need to send it into the sun. Um, for those that watched on Saturday night, they started off with the skills challenge. It's a, it's a team-based setting. Um, it's horrible, man. It is Nobody knows what's going on in terms of the rules. Uh, they're clearly in a tinkering stage where, you know, in the past it used to be a point guard driven event, uh, you know, a, a, an obstacle course, an NBA obstacle course, if you will, uh, you know, having players pass through targets, you know, dribble through cones um, and make a few layups and shots along the way. Um, it's really bad, though, these days because the rules are more confusing. There's three different rounds and the first two rounds don't even matter um, in terms of winning for the total score. So it's not competitive. Uh, the players don't even need to make the shots that they're taking. Um, and again, like I mentioned, only the final round matters in terms of determining the winner. So it's really bad. Um, <laughs> so it kind of starts off with a sour taste there. But uh, with that, I think they're in the tinkering stage, like I mentioned. Um, but we'll move on to the three-point contest and where you know the real events start. So quickly on three-point. Um, this has been far and away the best product in a long time um, in, in terms of the best uh, the best contest in All-Star Weekend, rather. Uh, and it's been like that for many years. You know, they've consistently been able to, you know, bring in players uh, that are pl playing in the All-Star game. They're bringing in high-level talent. Um, each year, we're, we continue to be, you know, amazed that the envelope is pushed further and teams have taking total three-point shots, so it makes sense. But, um, you know, my big gripe about the three-point contest and how it is currently is that they keep mixing up the structure of the total number of points that are scored. Uh, back in the day, when, when the contest debuted in, in 85, you know, it was a pretty simple format in which, um, you know, there were, what was it? It was a total of 30 points. Um, you know, you would have five balls on each rack, five racks total, four regular basketballs, and then a money ball on each rack, so that came out to a total of 30 points. 
Now there's a total of 40 possible points because they added in um, a couple different actual shots that are worth three points, as for as confusing as that is, as well as an additional money, ba- money ball rack. Um, so I just feel like, you know, it's pretty frustrating because the three-point contest um, could be really simple and easy to understand. You can look back through the years and be like, wow, you know, Larry Bird had, you know, 23 out of 30 possible points in 1985, but... Um, you know, the, the score next to his name is 23, whereas down the road, you know, you have players that are putting up, you know, 30 points because there's a total of 40 max. And so um, I just find it to be a little confusing. And, and it, it's something where, you know, this product has been great. It's going to be great. They're going to continue to get some of the best shooters in the world to compete in this. You're going to be able to um, consistently have a close finish, unlike some of the other contests. Um, and it's always really exciting to see, you know, just kind of trying to bet on who's going to get hot, right? So, you know, why mix it up? Go back to the old way so you can look at through the years and look at through the database and see which players had the best. Uh, fun fact for you, believe it or not, the best three-point con- uh, best performance in three-point contest history is actually Jason Capono. I, I know. I was kind of hoping it was going to be Steph or Bird, and I saw Jason Capono in 07, but he hit 25 out of 30 total points. Um, for 83%, which is percentage-wise, it's really the most fair way to evaluate it. Um, and that was him, and, the, and, and and that's in terms of a final round score. But anyways, I like three-point, uh, and I think that there's a lot that, you know, the other contests can kind of take away for three-point in terms of bringing in uh, top-tier talent. So um, let's jump on over to my bread and butter, uh, the NBA Dunk Contest, and, and personally my favorite event, uh, even despite all of its shortcomings. A quick personal update. Uh, I'm 5'9". I play basketball very consistently. I'm trying to dunk, so this is going to be my update to you guys on where that dunk journey is at. We're not close. We're not close right now. We are trying. Uh, A few years ago, I was able to dunk off of a a questionable lob. You know, it was really muscled over the front of the rim. We're not at that point anymore, uh, but we're building. We're building. A lot of box jumps, uh, a lot of drop jumps, uh, a lot of squats. Uh, We'll update when we get a little closer. So um, let's jump into the dunk contest. And uh, overall, man, shout out to Mac McClung. You know, he had a really incredible dunk contest. Let me just start off by saying that. Um, and he put down, you know, four incredible dunks. Um, and I think he had, what, two or three fifties out of that bunch. I mean, he was spectacular. There is nothing else that I can say, um, you know, negative about Mac McClung's performance specifically. But in general, there's, there's two schools of thought when you watch a dunk contest, right? Um, I think it's, or there's two types of people when watching a dunk contest. It's, I want to see the best dunks possible, or I want to see the best players doing the best dunks possible. And I think that is where I, my message is a little bit different from the general public. Because if you put on the dunk contest and watched, you got a great show, and you got a show that was far better than the dunk contest in the past couple years. I think all four of the participants, you know, made their dunks. Um, you know, consistently, it wasn't, you know, a total missed dunk show like it was the previous year. Um, and I think that a lot of people were happy in watching that and, and you saw some really exciting stuff, but my issue is what all-star weekend represents to me. And that is the best players in the world, you know, doing these contests and showing who is the best of the best at these specific events. If you want to watch the best dunks possible, You can go to YouTube and and go to Dunkademics or Team Flight Brothers, and you can do shit that nobody in the NBA can do. Like, point blank period. I mean, there's a YouTube rabbit hole, trust me, I've gone down it many a times, um, that will take you to the best dunks possible, far better than anything you will see in an NBA dunk contest. But for me, 
I'm always fascinated that there was a point, you know, before I was even alive, where you had guys like MJ and Dominique Wilkins going at it in a dunk contest. MJ and Clyde Drexler. You had truly A-list NBA talent competing against each other to see who is going to be the best. And that is what I value in the dunk contest. So while this dunk contest was an improvement over last year's in terms of the final product, I really had a problem with in the approach and even having Mac McClung there. Um, my big issue, why, is because that dude's not on an NBA team. Like, let's call it what it is. A few weeks ago, he was playing for the Delaware Bluecoats, which is a G League team. And that's great, and that's good for him. But when he, and of course, it's a little confusing for those that don't know, he was actually signed, Mac McClung was signed by the 76ers on a 10-day contract um, a, a couple days before the dunk contest. So he literally was signed to an NBA roster, technically, uh, a few days before the contest. That's why he was wearing the Sixers jerseys and whatnot. And, and again, congratulations to him. Hopefully this is the start of a, of a true NBA career, and hopefully he can stick around on that roster. But that's not what this is about. When that guy was selected to be in the contest, he was not on an NBA roster. And even despite you know him putting on a great show, and clearly he was a great get for the contest for, again, the final product, there's an issue with having him there. Um, I don't think he deserves to be there if he's not an NBA team. And more importantly, having a guy like Mac McClung there, who is a phenomenal dunker, who is not on an NBA team, that is going to make it so much more difficult to bring in those top stars that everyone wants to see. You're telling me, like, let's say in this hypothetical situation, because this has stuck with me for a while, back in, it was a long time ago, maybe 2008, 2009, 2010 range, when we had those awesome Dwight Howard, Nate Robinson dunk contests that were really excited. I remember one year specifically, because I was about 12 years old, where you know TNT cameras cut to LeBron, LeBron James courtside, and they're like, LeBron, what do you think of the contest, this and that? And he goes in to say that he's going to be in the contest next year. Of course, LeBron chickened out. He never ended up doing it. Um, but he's a guy that forever that we've all wanted to see, or at least I have, wanted to see in the dunk contest, right? You're telling me, and in this hypothetical, we'll talk about LeBron. We'll use him for this example. LeBron is going to go into the contest when he knows there is a G League player, a literal no-name player in the contest that is going to be competing alongside him, but also is likely going to destroy him in the dunk contest because he's he's more of a professional dunker than he is a basketball player at this point in his career. Like, it is, you've got to think, this is, <laughs> NBA players right now are as you know, sensitive as they've ever been, I suppose, as as careful as they've ever been in terms of managing their legacy and, and what that all means. They just don't want to be embarrassed, man. That's what it comes down to. They do not want to be embarrassed, and there's no dunk, no contest, of uh, no part of All-Star Weekend that could be more embarrassing than a bad dunk contest showing. It's hard to watch when dudes aren't putting down good dunks each and every round. And so I think it makes it really difficult to bring in the top-level talent if you have a guy like Mac McClung or any G League player in there. You know, I think the other way you can look at it, if you really wanted to have a G League player in the dunk contest, then I think that they should have not done it in a way that was a half measure, in my opinion. If you want to bring him in, that's fine. Put him out there, or maybe, better yet, have the G League dunk contest the week before. Take four guys in the G League, have them compete, and the winner wins the spot in the NBA dunk contest. That would be awesome. It would hopefully get people interested in watching the G League dunk contest, and it could be a promotional event for them. And it could be something, a spot that is earned instead of just given to a guy like Mac McClung. Uh, so you have that contest before, and then you have them participate in their G League jersey. I mean, 
99% of the people that are watching it don't even know what the Delaware Blue Coats jerseys look like. Lord knows I don't. So if you're going to do that and bring a player like that in, go full measure and use it as a promotional opportunity for the G League and at least let them see some benefit. Um, and that's just my two cents in that. Or other, and then if you want to do that as well, I would say make that like a fifth, you know, a fifth spot in the dunk contest. So you're still in charge of finding four other people to bring in um, that are currently on NBA rosters and kind of go from there. And so uh, I think that's one way you could do it if you want to do that. But I would personally just rather see, you know, more, you know, bona fide stars in the NBA dunk contest and. Um, you know, with that, wanted to get into how do we go about doing that, right? Like, that is the, the frustrating thing. The dudes are there. The dudes we want to see in the dunk contest are there. They're in Salt Lake City. They'll be wherever next year's, you know, host city is for All-Star Weekend. They're already going to be, you know, wherever, where they are available to do the dunk contest. They're going to be playing the following night. So how do we get the dudes that are playing on Sunday to be in the dunk contest on Saturday? And I think... It's a complicated question. You know, clearly it's something the league's been struggled with for a while. And just to kind of put it in perspective, you know, I went through the dunk contest the last 10 years, and there have been a total of three All-Stars participating in the dunk contest over the last 10 years. Three in total. Um, granted, I am not counting 2014. That was a monstrosity of a year where um, <laughs> it was like a team dunk contest. So they did have a couple extra All-Stars that year. But... In general, you go back, there hasn't been a single All-Star in just the past five years. You have to go all the way back to 2018 and Victor Oladipo, the last time there was an All-Star participating in the dunk contest. And so, how do you get those guys in there? Um, you know, the simple and easy answer is, you know, tell NBA to, to fork over some cash and increase the purse. Um, but I think that that's difficult. Um, you know, again, what is the, you know, monetary value that's going to get an A-list star like a Zion or a John Morant? Um, to participate in it. Is there money that goes along with that? Like maybe that number exists, but I'm guessing it's too high to be feasible. So I think that there's a really good piece of the All-Star game itself where there's some charitable implications involved that the NBA can dive into a little bit more. Um, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about here for a bit. Um, NBA Cares is a, is a really fantastic program, which is obviously like the community service um, you know, organization within the NBA and, and it documents all the efforts of players to get involved in their communities and, and do good for the societies that they work and play in, which is great. Um, and I think that that is the best method to go because it is going to be fantastic PR for anybody that wants to join. Um, you know, my thoughts on the best way to do it is, you know, for every single player participating, like they are not going to be participating to win money for themselves. They're going to be participating in playing for a charity of their choosing. It could be a hometown charity. Um, it could be, you know, a larger, you know, Feeding America or, or Ending World Hunger type charity, um, you know, our Boys and Girls Club, something like that. But I feel like every player has at least one thing um, that they are passionate about fixing um, or passionate about improving. And I think that it'd be really great to document each charity for each player, which, again, it's not a new idea. It's something that they've done, you know, in the All-Star game and things like that. But let's say... Just for participating in the dunk contest in this example, each player receives $25,000 for their charity of choice. And more importantly, they get, you know, let's say a 30 second to a minute long ad that plays at some point before they're about to go on. There's so much, so many issues with the coverage of the contest itself when you're talking about 
bringing on random celebrities to do a quick soundbite. Like, you got Fat Joe out there announcing dudes. Like, that's going to make the coverage a little bit better, too, and a little bit more streamlined, where they have more filler in between the events if they're actually doing a plug for these charities, right? You get 30 to 45 seconds to a minute long, uh, you know, video montage of maybe the player doing work for that, uh, that particular charity. Um, you know, maybe it's um, just where to find the charity and, and where people can donate online. Because again, the $25,000 that the league puts forth is going to be a drop in the bucket compared to the millions of people that watch it and want to help out and are moved by that, you know, 45 to 60 second commercial. So I think that, you know, having that as a base layer, like a really great PR move, $25,000 to a player's charity of choice. And then of course, for the winner, let's say they get an extra $75,000 donated to that particular charity. I think that that's a great place to start. And at the very least, if it blows up, well, maybe the NBA did a little bit better, you know, for the world and for the for uh, you know the markets that they play in. So I think that that could be a great way to start because again, it's all about bringing in the top level talent. It's something that the NBA has missed the mark on, um, you know, significantly over the past decade, as I documented with the number of All Stars uh, by year. A quick side note, tangent here: Giannis was in the All Star game in 2015. Uh, in my in my search of, of you know all star participants in dunk contests, I noticed that. Uh, don't don't watch it. It was again 2015. He was in it. It was before he was a star. He wasn't an all star that year. Uh, don't watch it. He he scored 65 total points with his his only two dunks. It was it's a tough watch. Kind of fun though if you want to see Giannis um, kind of looking like a child compared to how shredded he is now. But um, I, I felt like that was worth sharing in my dunk contest research. So. Um, with that, let's kind of move on to the All-Star game on Sunday. And I think maybe maybe the hottest take of this episode, I don't know, you guys tell me, I don't think that there's a problem with it. I think that they mostly solved the ending. Now, just to recap, it was like a, a 9 or 10 point game in the final box score. Um, Tatum got hot, which was awesome. And, you know, for those that don't know, I should probably back up a little bit. They play the first three quarters like standard NBA quarters. Each team is representing a charity, which is great. Um, you know, kind of along the lines of what I talked about. Uh, and the winner of each quarter, you know, X amount of dollars goes toward their, the, that team's charity, which is great. Um, and they just play at 12-minute quarters for the first three quarters. Then the fourth quarter, they adopt what is called an Elam ending, um, which is where players are playing to a target score. So like traditional pickup game setting, you know, they're playing to 21, they're playing to 25. Whatever that target score is, once it is hit, then the game is over. So that means that there's always going to be a game-winning shot, and I think it's going to have more of a fun pickup feel. Now, this is not anything new. The NBA adopted this in 2018 when they adopted the um, you know, fantasy draft strategy um, or piece of the All-Star game that didn't exist previously. And so I really feel like this ending has worked. I mean, we've seen it over the past six years, and three out of the last six All-Star games have been decided by one possession or less. You take that 10 out of 10 times. I went back and looked at the All-Star game box scores from the previous decade, and only two of the ten had, a, had, a, had outcomes that were decided by one possession or less. You know, that just, you know, that says it right there. You're not going to be able to get a highly competitive game every single time. You're just not. And that's fine. I think if you get one quarter of competitive basketball between, you know, the 24 best players in the world at that time, that's all you can ask for as a fan. The first three quarters are meant for no defense. They're meant for alley-oops. They're meant for just doing whatever is possible to, to, 
you know, make a highlight play that's going to be great promotional material for the league. Like, that is what it's about. You're not going to get that many all-stars locked in for that long and risk their, you know, careers and risk their health, um, you know, for, for, some, for an entire game. It's, it's just not feasible. I mean, the league's larger issue is, is load management and how many stars are just missing games in the regular season that do have implications towards the team standing and uh, future playoff success. And so, and with that, I wanted to jump into... Uh, the charitable aspect that the NBA All-Star Game has already figured out. Um, obviously, I talked about how we could apply that same concept toward um, the dunk contest and, and bringing in participants for the dunk contest and skills challenge. But um, I wanted to touch upon it a little bit more uh, because I actually think that the efforts that they do for the All-Star Game um, are a great jumping off point for how they can kind of take it a step further um, and make it a larger collaboration with NBA Cares that kind of lasts throughout the weekend. Um, I actually think that this is an area where the NBA can actually learn a thing or two from the NFL, um, which is pretty interesting. I, I think that the work that the NFL does with the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award uh, and the prestige that goes into winning that is, is really admirable and it's something the NFL does a, a great job at executing. Um, just a few weeks ago, they had the NFL Award Ceremony where uh, Dak Prescott won uh, Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And I found it interesting. It was actually the last award that they announced. You know, they, they announced it after they gave out Coach of the Year, after they gave out MVP. Um, so I think they're they're certainly putting in the, the groundwork to make it the most prestigious award that they give out, which I think is, is, again, very admirable. And so I wanted to look into what the NBA equivalent of that award was, because I actually wasn't too sure. Um, you know, initially I looked into the NBA Cares and found out the award was originally called the NBA Cares Community Assist Award. Um, last year they switched it over to honor uh, the late great Bob Lanier, so it was now the Bob Lanier Community Assist Award, um, which is great. And I was a little upset, you know, both with myself, but kind of at, as at the league as a whole, that I didn't know what that league that what that award represented and and what that award meant. Uh, you know, to the community and, and who even won it last year it was Gary Payton II of the Golden State Warriors who won that award la last year. So congratulations to him. But I think that this is a really great opportunity to, you know, inter intertwine the, the charitable events of these players that they are doing. It it's great. They have a, a lot of people in the league that are really making strides to make the communities that they play in a better place. And I think that this is the best time to celebrate that in All-Star Weekend. Like, you can announce the, the, the finalists for the award. Obviously, you don't give out the uh, the Community Assist Award until the award show at the end of the season, which is in June. Um, but you can announce maybe the participants for it or give an update on, you know, who's tracking to win the award or something like that. But I do think it's awesome that the league even has that award, but I think that they can do a better job of promoting that. And I think in doing that, you know, with the All-Star Game, they've already scratched the surface and done a great job of laying down the foundation of what that can represent with the players playing for a specific charity Take that strategy and apply it to the dunk contest. Use it to bring in some better talent. Use it for the skills challenge to incentivize people to go through that off course a little faster. I, I don't know if that's going to work, but it's worth a shot. And, and, and make it the case for the three-point contest, too, and, and just make it so that's an additional you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars that are given away to charity. But I think that'd be a really beautiful way to um, improve All-Star Weekend, improve the message as a whole, and, and who knows, even, it, it could even help uh, motivate um, and, you know, motivate stars to, to join further events and, and make it a, a more serious commitment than what it is currently. But in general, I, I think that covers it. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun on the weekend as a whole. Again, 
Uh, you know, congratulations to all the winners of, of the skills challenge, the three-point contest, which I didn't mention. It was Dame. It was Dame time. Shout out to him for winning the three-point contest. And of course, Mac McClung with the dunk contest and Team Giannis for winning the All-Star game. It was a lot of fun to watch. I look forward to it again next year. Whether they maximize it or not, I'm going to keep tuning in, but wanted to give my thoughts on it. So uh, I will be back with you guys for another episode next week. Uh, early thoughts on that, I might be power ranking, uh, or tier ranking, rather, uh, all the NBA teams, kind of seeing where everyone falls. I think it's more fair to do a tier ranking system to see where, where players stack up, or where teams stack up, rather, uh, and doing it in a tier setting instead of just kind of listing them arbitrarily, 1 through 30. Uh, so that's kind of what I'm thinking right now, but that's subject to change. I make the rules around here, so we'll see. Uh, and if you guys have any, I want to incorporate some off-topic segments too, maybe something off NBA just to get uh, everyone a little bit more involved. So if you have ideas on, I, I will shamelessly steal from another podcast. Let's get that straight. You you like this segment from a Barstool pod or ESPN or whatever, like I will steal that shit if you guys like it. But I do want some ideas for some good off-topic segments uh, that we could implement for the end of the show moving forward. So um, hit me up if you guys have any ideas. You guys know where to find me. Um, and you can find me at, at Words with Wallace on everything. Support the podcast. Show us some love. Um, shoot me a follow at Words with Wallace on everything. That includes Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, um, Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and don't be afraid to share the show and tell a friend. But until then, I'm going to hit, hit this button, get up out of here, and I will talk to you guys next week. Take care. Thank you.